We have the privilege now of hearing from uh, Roger Ng. Uh, Roger is the president of Grace Bible Seminary. Uh, he founded uh, this school, which is based in Singapore, uh, and is reaching uh, beyond its borders uh, to equip and train church leaders. We're very proud to have this school as a member of the Master's Academy International. And Roger also uh, comes to us not only from the perspective of a pastor, uh, and a theologian, but from the perspective of many, many years uh, in the business world himself. Uh, and so we're blessed to have Roger with us today. Please come and speak to us today. Thank you. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Roger from Singapore, and I speak Singlish. That is, uh, you know, Singapore English is, uh, we call it Singlish. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, the topic that... Uh, I'm going to speak about is the work for the glory of God. To work for the glory of God. According to one survey uh, in Times Magazine, 70% of Americans hate their work. 70%. I don't know whether it's true or not. Is it the same here? And more people hate their job today than 20 years ago. And less than 50% of the workers, less than 50% of the workers is satisfied with their current job. And um, more than 80%, 87% of Americans do not like their job. So are you happy with your job? Mm. So why work if you're not happy with your work? If you're not happy with your job, why work? What is the purpose of work? Who are you working for? So the title of this uh, seminar here is uh, Work for the Glory of God. This is a purpose statement. And it is an objective. What are you working for? Who are you working for? Why are you working uh, for? Um, Many people say they work for, them, work for their bosses and work for the companies. But indeed, everybody, everyone work for themselves. Ultimate goal is themselves. Some work to gain money, some work to gain power, and some work to gain status. Regardless, they're all working for themselves. I know of a story a long time ago, there was a businessman like Eric. He worked very hard. You know, he, 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 he worked 24 hours a week, um, seven days, uh, 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 24 hours, and 24, a week, uh, seven days a week, and so on. He, he worked very, very hard. And one day, he, he became very successful, and he got a big contract. And when, once he said, look, wow, you know, I worked so hard for all these days, months, and years. Uh, I got this big contract. So when, when he's very happy, so what does he do? He said, I need to give myself a reward, a pat on the back. So basically, he went to a mountain, beautiful mountain. He go up into the mountain and start canoeing in this beautiful lake. As he was canoeing and he's enjoying himself, he saw this Native American um, was, was, was there as well. So he talked to this uh, Native uh, uh, American and said, look guys, you guys need to to um, go down to the city, uh, go to school, learn all you can, and work hard. 
So the guy say, why do we need to study? You, you need to study and you work hard. Say, okay, what, what happened if I work harder? Then you'll become very successful like me. So I, they say, so successful like you, so what? So that I can come up here to do canoeing. <laughs> See, you, this is a big circle. We come around and ask ourselves, why are we working? What is the purpose of our work? So all of us work for ourselves. Some work to show off their talents, show off how good they are, how smart they are, how intelligent they are. But the Bible tells us, in fact, we need to work for His glory. Isaiah 43, 7 says that everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory... And again, a, f- a familiar text that everybody says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whether you are eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever you do, include daily work. So who are you working for? Or what are you working for? We are in a met- metrical, met- metritocracy society. You know, we, we work in so that um, we want to be very successful, we want to be a lawyer, we want to be a doctor, we want to be a banker. And sometimes our job defines us. And sometimes we see that you know, many people face the midlife crisis. When they lose their job, they lose their identity. Mark talked about this. We let our job define us. We are lost. In fact, the people... Today, especially when the economy is doing well, everybody works very hard. Basically, they, the reason they work hard is if they are not working, they don't know what to do with their life. So we have to answer, what is the job? Why are we working? Who are we working? So let me, before I go on, let me uh, explain there are three myths about work and faith. So the question as Christians we always ask, is work a curse or is a blessing? Is work, our job, a curse or a blessing? What is your answer? Next, is uh, our work, spiritual work, we think we only come to, we only come to, uh, to church, it is spiritual work, but in Monday to Saturday, it's secular so we have a false dichotomy of secular work and spiritual work. Uh, most of us, we have this uh, thinking. Is this right or wrong? And the third one is many people think, I'm not called to ministry. So are you called to ministry or are you, are you called to marketplace? Many people think that when we are talking about calling, we are talking about calling to ministry. So if you go to work, I mean, people who, who are pastors, they are called to, to, to the church. Uh, they are called to serve. They are serving God. But people like general public, they, they basically do their own things. Is this right or wrong? So most of the time, people do tell, us, tell me this. I can't think because I'm working now. <laughs> so what are, we, uh, what are we doing with our work? So today, I would like to share with you Basically, three points. First is the theology of work. The theology of work. 
Then I would like to talk about the practical teaching of work. Practical teaching of work. And finally, I come back to say, what is the target or the objective or the purpose of our work? So let me start with the theology of work. We must have a right understanding of work. So let me start with this. First point is, work is good. Work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. Would you turn to um, Genesis chapter 1? Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let me read to you uh, chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make men in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created man, male and female, he created them. Verse 28. God blessed God them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So bear in mind that this is the beginning uh, of the Bible. So let me re- refresh your memory. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Of course, we are talking to some of the uh, EBTC students here. So this is the Hebrew, Hebrew words. Barashit. Bara Elohim, El Hashamayim, Wa El Ha'arat. Basically, he says this in the beginning, Elohim, this is Bara Elohim. Bara is basically saying God created something out of nothing. So, in the beginning, God created, creation is work. Creation is work. He creates something out of nothing. This is the greatest work there is. And I think this is a very creative work. Don't you think man is very creative? (laughs) You know, I I don't know whether you heard this story. Basically, um, you you heard about the science, uh, you know, our science, human science has gone so far and they can clone. They have cloning. You know what is cloning? They can make another man. You know, another animals. So we heard us. I heard a story saying one man. One day he he said, "Look, you know, God can create man. I also can create man." So he suddenly he challenged God. Say, God, I call on you. I want to challenge you. I you created man. I also can create man. I can create man. So I challenge you. Let's uh, let's let's have a competition. Let's see who created fastest. So the God said, okay, fine. Okay, let's, let's do it. He said, one, two, three. This man immediately squat down and start taking the earth and learning from God and, and start creating man from earth. And the Lord said, 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing? He said, look, I'm, I'm making men. He said, look, the earth belongs to me. Take your own things. <laughs> you see, today we think cloning is a big thing, but they take our human self to clone. Where does human self come from? So you see, creation is a big, a greatest and most glorious work that God has done. And you see the whole universe, you know, how big is the universe? You know, from, I took, what, uh, 17, 18 hours uh, flying here. I think it's too long. But if you fly to moon, or maybe to the sun, or maybe to the, in, instead of solar system, you fly to the, to the galaxy, how far would it be? We count in terms of light years. The huge and, and this big space, this big uh, universe is created by our Lord. So the creation is work. This is, this is very important to realize that God created the whole world. Before I go on, I just want to point two, two things to you and we, later on I'll come back here. Basically, beginning, God created the world. Basically, and, he, and here he said He created Hashamayim is basically God created the heavens. It's a plural. I just want you to notice it's a plural. And Wyatt basically, and the earth, the earth basically is singular. I will talk about it later on, what that means. Because right now, I just want to, to tell you, um, God created, creation is work. And the creation, after six days of creation, what the Lord said, very good. So work is very good. Work is very good. Of course, just now when we read the, the passage earlier, we saw that God, God said, let, let us make men in our image and he created them. And then he asked them, verse 28, say, to say that to rule over, to have dominion, to rule over the creation, to subdue it. Those in management, you know, to control is hard work, especially men, isn't it? You want to control engineering process and, you know, all this is e easier comparative to manage men. So he said here, here the Lord said, he created man and he want man to have dominion over it. He have dominion over it, you know, so... Um, here, we're talking about dominion and subdue it. It's a very, very important word. Uh, this word subdue or dominion basically has the meaning of bringing into bondage. So what he's saying that he, God created the universe and then he created man and he want man to control the earth or the animals to subdue it, to have dominion over it. So here again, the, the earth basically is talking about our world. So I will, I will explain further, but let, let me just point out to you that this is, this is work. Creation is work, and God created and the world, and He created man, and He wants us to have control, have dominion, to rule over it, and this is work. So what I'm saying to you is creation is work, and we are created for work. We are created for work. 
So besides that, you can see from Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden and to work it. I just want to remind you, this is, uh, this is Genesis chapter 1. Sin has not entered the world. This is in a perfect world. God created man, so God didn't give us work after we sin. It's God gave us work before human sins. So here we are talking about work is good, and God himself created work, and he thinks it's very good, and he created us, he wants us to work. So work, creation is work, and he create, we are created for work. And thirdly, I want to mention to you, we are commanded to work. Because look at ex- Exodus 28, and we all love this verse. We all always quote, quote this verse. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So we are talking about, you know, we need to, we need to rest. But they forgot verse 9. Verse 9 says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Now America, you probably work five days, four days a week? Three days now. Pastor the one. The church has yet to catch up. But let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, six days you shall work. They forgot. They always talk about Sabbath rest. But they forgot resting is only one day. But the sixth day they shall work. You know, work is very good. Work is very good. So we are created by God. That is creation is work. So work is good. Work is very good. Okay, secondly, work is a gift. Work is a gift. Let me, again, we go back to Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it, over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the living things that move on earth. You see, God created man and want him to and bless him. The word bless basically has the meaning of uh, to be happy. He wants men to be happy. How to be happy? He wants them to rule over. So ruling or dominion over is a joyful thing. It's an interesting thing. It's, a, it's a something that will bring a lot of uh, joy into. So work itself is a joy. It's a joy. So, and, and you know what? We work because we reflect God's image. Bear in mind that just now in the beginning, we, we, we see that God say he, he wants to make, uh, He wants to create man into His image. Then He said, ask them to rule over, to have subdue. Why? That's the reason is He wants man to reflect His image of ruling, have dominion over the earth. So, what a blessing, what a gift that God gives us he wants us to rule over the earth, the animals, reflect his image. This is, this is very, very important. Besides, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says that you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Remember, you know, a lot of us, um, we, we're working hard, we know how to earn money, but where, who give you the power, the capability, the talent to earn all this money, to work. It is God. It's the Lord Himself. 
So it is a gift of God. In Ecclesiastes 3.12, it says that the Lord, he says this, I know that there's nothing better for, for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. And moreover, every man who eats and drinks, see good in his labor, it is the gift of God. I know a sister, he, um, she is, um, she has, her, her, her father works very hard and become very successful in a very short time. But later on, he, he becomes so successful, every not, everyone notice of him. But the thing is, he discovered he has cancer and the, the cancer is very aggressive. So they very quickly try to find out and the, the doctor said there's no cure. This, and the time is so short because the cancer is so aggressive. So very quickly he will be, he, he is dying. So the, 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 the family tried very hard to find out how, how much money he has. And his, his empire is so big that they, they take a long time to, to, to find exactly how much is his worth. By the time they do all the work, come back to him, his hand is so shaky that he cannot sign. You can earn, you can work so hard, but it is God who gives you the talent, the, the capability, the abilities, the opportunities. But at the end of the day, it is God who gives you a gift that you can work hard, but yet you cannot enjoy it. So it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. God bless us, and there are so many passages that we can see it is work is a gift of God. If you don't think work is a gift of God, talk to retirees. People who retire, what do they do? They bought to death. There's nothing to do. I don't know what to do. So what they do? They go have their hobby. Hobby is work. You work is good. We need to do. I have to do. I cannot stay still. I cannot sit there do nothing. I have to work. Work is good and work is, is joy. Go, work is fun. And I'm going to tell you one more. Work is good, work is a gift. And one more, which I think in the German do not have, uh, uh, because I added, added uh, another point here. Work is a calling. Work is a calling. And I have to thank our president, Mark, Dr. Mark Tellock, because he recommended to us a book called God at Work, uh, basically talking about the Christian vocation. And uh, this book is written by Jean V, uh, published by, by Crossway. Basically, when we did the idea of vocation, the, the word vocation basically comes from Latin word. The meaning means calling. Calling. We are called to faith. We are called to salvation. At the same time, we are called to office. And in many times, when we talk about this, there are many uh, churches will talk about the priesthood of believers. Basically, we are talking about not only the pastor can, can approach God, but everybody can approach God. But a lot of people misunderstand this, this, the, 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 the concept of priesthood of believers. Priesthood of believers does not make everyone become a pastor. But it does make everyone's work become a holy calling. Everybody are called by God in your position to do your work. So when we talk about the priesthood of, of uh, believers, we are talking about 1 Peter 2.9. It says that 
You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. Here we, everybody, all believers are priests. And we can approach God on our own by the blood of Jesus Christ, not just going through the priest because we become the priest. So this meaning, the concept is doesn't, doesn't mean that everybody are called to be a full-time pastor. But it does mean that every person can approach God and offer sacrifice in the sense that their life, their job, everything they do belongs to God and they can approach God directly. And I want to show you one verse that uh, uh, Dr. Tellock talked about it uh, early this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and 17, it says this, Let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is the rule in all the churches. Basically, what it meant is you are called in your position. You may be a doctor, maybe a lawyer, maybe a farmer, maybe whatever. You are called in your position to serve God in your situation. In your situation. So if you, if you were to think, if, if, in fact, this verse tells us this. Can you see that it's parallel? The Lord has assigned him or the Lord has called him is parallel. So basically, your calling is God assigned. Wherever you are, that is God's calling for you. You may be a teacher. God wants you to be, the Lord wants you to be a teacher for him in your, in your vocation, in your position, in your school. If you are a doctor, a medical doctor, or if you are a, a, a farmer, God wants you to influence your surrounding for him. So it is important to know that our calling basically is come from God. We think we have a choice, but basically, no, you don't. You know, some, some of us have a calling to be a musician. Some of us have a calling to be a scientist. And I cannot change it. The Lord called me this way, and def- definitely I have to, I have to, I have to um, basically uh, uh, um, fulfill the calling of the Lord in my life. There's a verse in Acts talking about David. David served the purpose of God in his generation before he dies. It's very interesting for me that this, this, this concept that we need to serve the Lord in the position that God called us. In, in fact, if you, if you turn, maybe I, I should get everybody to turn here. Can you turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In fact, uh, Dr. Tylock basically talked about this. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I will read from verse 20. Verse 20. He says that each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bond servant or slave when you were called? Do not concern about it. But if you can get freedom, avail yourself to the opportunity. For you... For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free man in the Lord. Otherwise, likewise, he who was a free man when he was called is a bondservant of Christ. Basically, verse 24 says, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Basically, God, our Lord, assigned you in the position of life, whether you are father or you are a, a, 
a farmer or a doctor or engineer or a banker, in your sphere of life, in your environment, testify, glorify God in your position. That's basically that what it means. So, work is a calling. Work is a calling. So, besides work is good, God is gift, and work is a calling, I would like to share with you, work is also for the glory of God. For the glory of God. You know, we will return to Genesis again. Remember, God made man in his image and asked man to rule over, to have, to subdue it, or dominant over it. So how do we reflect God's image? Is because we need to rule over, we need to have control over the environment. Now I want you to pay attention here. God, the Lord created man in the beginning. So there are two, basically the Lord and man. So he created the world. He created the world. So between God and man is the world. For as far as the man is concerned, he has the earth in front of him and the animals. This is his environment. This is his environment, right? So when the Lord said, rule over it, listen carefully, we need to rule over our environment. The psychology Psychologists will tell us we are the product of our environment. But the Bible, the Lord said, you must rule over your environment. Do not let your environment determine who you are. Whatever problems that you are facing, whatever difficulties you are facing, you have to overcome it for the glory of God. I always ask, you know, in class, who are, are you, are, do you have a phobia? Are you scared of snake or cockroaches? Any, anyone snakes, uh, worry, scared? Oh, you are. I'm surprised. Come to me. I will do uh, cognitive therapy. You'll be cured. <laughs> I can, I know exactly this thing because I'm crazy enough um, about this thing. I go to the Singapore Mental Hospital to learn all this thing. But they, have, they, they do it for a wrong reason. I'm telling you, if you are worried about snakes or cockroaches or whatever kind of animals or environment, I'm telling you, look, number one, you must overcome it for the glory of God. Do not let your environment, let it be animal, situation, man, whatever, rule over you. You, in turn, for the glory, God made you this way, you must overcome. You rem- remember what I talked about this? God created heaven and earth. The word heaven is in plural. Basically, uh, in the Hebrew uh, people, they think of heaven in their, their first level, second level, and third level. They believe the third level belongs to God. But it's, you see, what God created man, the Lord created man, He tells, tells man to rule over the earth, singular, and the animals. Look, basically, for man... I do not know, of course you can argue with me, the, the world does it re, uh, only belongs to the earth alone or does it include the stars in the skies? We can talk about that. But I feel that the Lord basically tells us He wants us to be like Him, reflect His image and rule over. Meaning we must 
overcome all the environment and we must do it for him. You know, Sony has a, has a robot, a robotic, um, you know, um, what do you call that? Uh, a robot that behaves like human. They can make coffee, they can serve you. Have you, heard, have you seen something like this? It's, it's basically a robot. Yeah? German, do you have something similar? Yeah, you know? Okay. So basically, um, in the, the, the cost of this robot basically um, is about one million US dollar. And he can clean the house for you, he can make coffee for you, and he can do a lot of things for you. So what do you, what do you say? Look at this robot. Wow, he can, this robot can do, do so many different things. When you look at this robot, would you say, how smart is the robot? Or would you say, how smart is the designer? What would you say? Obviously, you will say, the creator is so smart. When you look at us, when we did all this thing, we, we created, we, we, we reflect God's glory by overcoming all the things that is on, on earth and uh, our surrounding, the glory belongs to God himself. You will not say, how smart is this robot? You will say, how smart is the, the designer, the engineer behind the scene? So, we must reflect God's image because, because we are created for His glory. So therefore, Paul said, whether we are eat or drink, whatever we do, we must do it for the glory of God. So when we talk about the myth, is work a curse or a blessing? Is, work, is our work a curse or a blessing? I will say, work is good. Work is good. Work is a gift. Work is the, for the glory of God. And work is the calling of God for us to do His work. And the second myth we talk about is, can we dichotomize, can we separate spiritual things and secular things? Of course not. Of course not. Because there are so many passages in the Bible that talk about the heavens and the earth all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God, including your days, including your breath. Everything belongs to God. You cannot tell me that Monday to Friday I live for myself. Sunday I live for God. You cannot, because you are purchased with, the, with a heavy price. God, our Lord Jesus Christ, said, pay to redeem you. You belong to God entirety, in, in the entirety. So you do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, eat or drink, whatever you do, you have to do it for the glory of God. You cannot separate your life this way. If you rest, it's for the glory of God. Including, if you enjoy life, you enjoy the family God gave you. You enjoy the fellowship God gave you. You enjoy the nature. It is for the glory of God. Everything belongs to Him. Unless you understand this, you will have, you, you will have hard time. You will, if you don't understand it, you will burn yourself out. In, 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 in our world, we always say rest. We rest because... The road is long. 
tomorrow there's a long way to go. So we rest in order that we can go further. So it's very important to realize that it is everything belongs to the, to the Lord. So whatever we do, we have to be the salt of the, the earth and light of the world. So this is basically we, we know. And of, of course, we talk about uh, Deuteronomy 10, 14, 14 says, Behold, the Lord your God belongs heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth and all that is in it. And in Job, basically, same thing. Even our breath, our spirit, all the flesh will perish altogether if he were to gather to himself his spirit and the breath. So everything belongs to God. So if you, God wants us to work hard, at the same time, God wants us to enjoy, wants us to rest. All belongs to God. We do everything for His glory. The, the last thing that we are talking about is, are we called to ministry or are we called to marketplace? So we talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7-17 to 17 says that, Let each man lead his life that the Lord has assigned him and to which God has called him. So here we, we, are, we are seeing that work is a calling of God. So we have to do it for his glory. So that is a very simple way of looking at the theology of work. Let me give a very quick uh, uh, practical teaching for the work uh, on work. Pra- practical teaching on work from the Bible. So why do we work? Obviously, you know, we have a saying this. You know, many, are, many people talk about money. The problem is not money. The, the problem is I have no money. <laughs> you know, money is not a problem. The problem is I have no money. So it's money. You see, we must have the right view of money. We sh- money should not be the master of us. We should be the master of money. We control we must have a right view. You have a wrong view of money. You have, your, you have a question. The value system is wrong. So very quickly, why do we work? Of course, we need money. And the Bible did talk about this. We, we work because we need to support ourselves. Paul says that if you, if, if you don't, don't work, do not eat. Second, uh, first, uh, uh, second Thessalonians talk about if you do not work, do not eat. So we need to work. We need to earn our living so that we will not be a burden to our family members and to our church. Not only that, we need to work to support our family. It's biblical. First uh, uh, Timothy 5, 8 says that um, if anyone does not provide for his relative, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than unbelievers. So we work for ourselves. We work to support ourselves. We work to support our family. And we also work to support the needy brothers and sisters. In fact, look, the Lord do not have to work through you. But why the, the Lord bless you so that you can have the joy of giving. He wants you to enjoy. He can give directly, but He wants to give you the resources and ask you to give. You know, it's, it's such a joy to give than to receive. The Lord said that. And of course, why do we work? We work to support the church. We, support the TM, we, we work to support TMAI. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so we need to support the church, obviously. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 7 says that the Lord give love a cheerful giver. 
So let me very quickly talk about, we talk about um, the theology of work, the teaching on work, and let me finishing uh, out my seminar by the last point saying, what is the target of work? We come back to the same thing. What is the purpose of our work? So since uh, my brother Eric has already shown us um, efficient, let me uh, ask you to turn to Colossians chapter 2, a parallel passage. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 to 24. This is a parallel passage to what Eric uh, has shown us. So over this passage, let me let me show let me let me uh, read uh, these uh, two verses or three verses together. Colossians three twenty two say, "Born servant, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily." As for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So from here, this simple passage, I will give you three points. Basically, is the target of work, the traits of work, and uh, testimony of work. So let me start with the target, the objective of work, the, the purpose of work. Why do we work? Obviously, it says in verse 23, he said, we work heartily for the Lord, not for men. You may be seeing the man in front of you, you may be seeing your boss in front of you, but ultimately you're serving the Lord. You're serving God, not the, the boss that in front of you. And especially, you look at... Um, Verse, the end of verse 24, you are serving Lord, the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. You know, I was, um, before I became a pastor, uh, I basically, I graduated, after I graduated from universities, um, I basically started uh, working. And when I started work, working, um, you know, when I, I come from a relatively uh, wealthy family, and at the time, I refused to join a family business. I want to work with my two hands and, and want, I want to prove myself that I'm, I'm worthy. I, I have the talent. I have this, I'm smart. I'm capable and everything. Look, it, I have a good intention. But at the end of the day, I'm serving myself. That is sin, basically. But any, any, anyway, at that time, I do not know about this. Um, so... I, I just want to prove myself I'm, I'm good, as good as my father, as good as my, uh, all other, my brother. So I, I, after graduation, I started working. So obviously, uh, when we start working, you have to go for job interview. So, but at that time, I'm, I'm already a Christian. So I went to interview, and uh, you know, in Singapore, um, we, 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 we are Chinese. I'm a, I'm a Chinese. And we are very clear distinction. Oh, I'm a Chinese. I work for the Chinese. And of course, we work for the, the Western people, the white. But I do not want to work for the Indian from India because um, this is, again, this is uh, wrong. But, but anyway, at that time, I have this, this problem with me. So, but, so I, when I apply for a job, I look at a company. The company doesn't show that this is an Indian company. 
So I applied. So when I went in, then I realized the boss is an Indian boss from India. So the boss asked me, why do you want to apply to work in this company? So what should I say? You know what is my answer? I say, I did not know it's an Indian company, so I apply. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you think I will get a job? <laughs> At the end of the day, I got a job. You know why? Because everybody tried to deceive him. I'm the honest one. <laughs> so what am I, my, the moral of my story is I, I learned this thing. You know, we are we're living in a deceptive world. If you try to be as honest as you can, you stand out. And I'm telling you, the Lord will honor that. The Lord will honor that. And at the end of the day, he chose me and I, I was got a shock. I said, I knew I'm not going to. And he chose me and I, I got the job. And, and in fact, when, once I got a job, obviously, I'm happy. And, um, and I, I, I try to, to work hard and I work very, very hard in the job. I work very, very hard. In fact, I become the best employee in the whole company. And you know, long story short, after working there a number of years, and I, 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 I left the company, I worked for another company. Of course, I, he doesn't want to let me go, but you know, he gave me a big bonus, a fat bonus, six months bonus. And he paid for my holidays and everything else. I worked very hard. And what I'm trying to show him is that I'm, why do I work hard? Because I'm a Christian. I'm called to a marketplace and, and obviously, the Lord has put place in my heart those years, for whatever reason, what Eric is preaching. He is a very difficult boss. I, I work, uh, you know, he is so difficult. He is so unreasonable. And, and I keep telling myself, I'm not serving this man. I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ behind him. And I've I become so, so I do everything to the best of my ability. And for him, he, he's, what he sees is, look, this guy, what happened to this guy? And after 10 years, I left the company. After 10 years, I left the company. He called me back. I said, what do you call me? I want, to, I want you to show my existing employee, you are the best employee I have. And I, stood, I said, look, at the end of the day, I want to tell him, it's not me, but Christ. I want to give a good testimony in front of him. And he knows. In, he, he basically, I work, him, I work in his company so hard that he, he trusts me more than any other people in the company. In fact, he has brothers and relatives in India. When he sent me, he knows how I get the things done and I will be absolutely honest with him. I will do 110% just to achieve it. And there are people who, who try to bribe me, try to give me a lot of things. In fact, I, I have this experience. I, maybe some of you have. I don't know. One time, all these this suppliers come together. They, they bring us into the car. And, and, and after dinner, they said, let's go to this place. I don't know what. I do not know what. what where, where are they taking me? They take me to a place. It's basically they are visiting prostitutes. And the whole car, everybody go in. So what do I do as a Christian? I stand in front, wait for them to finish their business. And I, how do I feel? I feel like a fool. And when they come out, they are laughing at me and say, you stupid, you, so, you, know, you are so naive, you, you do not know how to enjoy yourself. Look, 
at the end of the day, the Lord knows. There is a price to pay, and we pay it. He died for us. This is a small price to pay. And I'm saying this just not because I'm, I'm, I'm able to withstand the temptation. I'm a sinner. Obviously, temptation is everywhere. But I'm saying this is to tell you, you brothers like me, we are all human. But let us stand firm to work for the glory of God. So I'm sure in life you see a lot of this thing happening and Eric talked about the nightclub. And it will happen. You need to pay a price. You, there are people who will laugh at you and you will have to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do this. You can laugh at me. You think I'm, 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 you know, I'm strange, whatever. But I stand firm for the glory of God. So very quickly, I, since Eric already mentioned to you, I, I want to very quickly show the, the traits of your work. Firstly, we work for the glory of God. We work for the glory of God. Then what is the characteristic of your work? Over here, you see that in Colossians, he said, work obediently, verse 22. And it says here, work honestly, verse 22. Not eye service. And work sincerely of the heart, sincerity of the heart. From your heart, work hard from you. And not only that, not only just sincerity from your heart, but it's wholeheartedly. And I will say, work excellently. We have to work harder, harder for, for our Lord Jesus Christ. We prove that we are worthy of the, the salary that uh, is, is, we are different because we want to be the light and the salt of the world. So, the target, the traits, and also the testimony. Of course, the testimony, I want to refer to you, uh, 1 Timothy 6.1. Whatever we do, in, in 1 Timothy 6.1, you're also talking about the context of, of men, of work, uh, employment. He says that, Let all who under a yoke as a bondservant regard their own master as worthy of all honour. You see, regard masters as worthy. Not because they are worthy. Just regard them as worthy of all honour. So that, that is the purpose uh, statement here, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. So we have to stand firm for the testimony of our Lord. So my question to you is, who are you working for? I will end my seminar here. Yeah, that was exceptional uh, and has afforded us, uh, I think, a really rich and necessary framework uh, to go about our work. Um, I can't help but comment on a couple things uh, that I think you so uh, exceptionally laid out. He's, this idea in Colossians chapter 3 of uh, honoring the master that rules over you or here your boss, uh, remember that Scripture reminds us that God has ordained all authority. And so all authorities that exist have, are derived authorities. Ultimate authority is God. So Romans 13 or 1 Peter chapter 2 tells what? God has ordained all authorities, all human institutions, whether it's political leaders uh, or your boss. And so it is God who stands behind all those authorities. And so as we look to them, we can look beyond them to God who's the ultimate authority and uh, really the uh the one to whom uh, we are ultimately responsible. So uh, you can find a lot of freedom. I remember as a young man, I used to 
critique and criticize and resist and frankly rebel against every form of authority that was over me. Um, in my pride, I thought I knew better. Uh, but when someone confronted me, a loving brother actually taught me those principles that God's ordained authority. It absolutely changed my life. All the emotional energy, uh, all the griping and complaining that I invested in uh, my attitude towards people who were in authority over me, uh, I just find I could sleep fine at night knowing God was in charge behind them. It didn't mean I agreed with everything that authority asked of me, but I was confident in the sovereignty of God and his authority. And unless the authority directly over me was asking me to directly violate a biblical mandate or biblical principle, then I could just submit and gladly trust that God was in charge and do whatever they asked me to do. And it actually brought a lot more joy. You talk about having joy in your work. Uh, that's one of the, the aspects that can help you find joy in your work is just to trust the Lord uh, is ruling ultimately. The other idea on this concept of ruling uh, that Roger alluded to found in uh, Genesis chapter 1, this idea of subduing and ruling over the creation. Obviously, we come to our work and we manifest creativity. Uh, if we work in the area of manufacturing, we take raw resources of the earth and we turn them into something that is profitable and productive that advances society and, and helps our neighbor and so forth. That's good uh, in that regard. But we're called to rule over in a way that does reflect the image of God. And God is a good God. He's a loving God. And it means we go about that work of subduing uh, in a way that's different than the unredeemed person. There's a text in Scripture I want to read to you. It's found in Mark chapter 10. Do you remember the occasion uh, where Christ was asked by uh, James and John, uh, in the kingdom, can we have the seats of honor to sit on your right and left? And Christ says to him, uh, to both of them actually, in verse 42, he says, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them, but it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. This idea of ruling over when we're the boss now, not just the employee, but we're in a position of authority, we're called to be imitators of Christ. Christ is king. Christ is Lord. But what did he do in Philippians chapter 2? He humbled himself, took on the form of a servant, and he gave his life as an expression of love for our benefit. And so what Christ is saying to his disciples here is, look, in my kingdom, the values are, are upside down from those of the world. Yeah, you're in a position of authority, but you use your position to serve for the good of others, not to exploit them. What Christ points to is the unredeemed people, the Gentiles. Because when they get in a position of power or authority, they use it to exploit those underneath them for self-interest and for, for personal benefit. And um, there's a lot of ways we can do that, by keeping all the profit for ourselves or seeking all of the um, recognition when we know that our employees are the ones that did all the heavy lifting and uh, the hard work, but we take credit for it, there's a lot of ways that we can be guilty of using our position to lord over. Um, actually, this is the biblical concept of injustice. Many of these despots or rulers actually uh, inflicted uh, quite a bit of, of pain on those who are underneath them to get them to work hard. They beat them. They threaten them. They whip them. 
and uh, exploited them to get the maximum amount of work out of them. But Christ says, no, no, no. If you love your people, if you have their best interest, then uh, you're, you're pursuing your role in authority just like Christ pursued his role as king and lord. And so this means that we have a completely different mentality than maybe our fellow manager or director or vice president or whoever we might work with. And we have to go about our work differently than they do. So, Roger, thank you. That was just a tremendous uh, presentation. Eric as well. All right, well, our minds are full. It's time to fill our stomachs uh, where we can enjoy some food and uh, that which has been harvested <laughs> and reaped from this earth uh, for our pleasure. So we're going to get a chance to fellowship over lunch. Uh, there's a buffet that's going to be set up right here in the lobby, and there's some tables. If you'd like to stand and stretch, you're welcome, but they also said we could bring our lunch back in here and sit at the table. So whatever you prefer to do. My encouragement is just be purposeful in your conversation over lunch, not only to get acquainted, but to process and talk about some of these issues that you might be facing uh, in your own context uh, of work. So let me pray for us, and we'll go to lunch. Father, we thank you for the clarity of your word on this particular issue of approaching our work for your glory. We pray what we will learn, you would grant us the faith then to obey. Help us to live in such a way that our lives have integrity, that we actually practice what we preach, and that we would do that in such a way that you would use us to draw men to know you and to glorify you. We thank you for the food that we'll enjoy now and the fellowship, and we just pray that you go before us and bless our time, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.